welcome to a very new season of Yeah We Read It. I'm your host, Maggie. And I'm your other host, Laura. And we touched upon this in the last episode. If you are just now tuning in, we're doing the Hunger Games this season. Yeah, we are. Let's fucking go. Oh, we are so excited about it. We've been texting all week. We really have, though. All of our thoughts. And uh, this book came out at a very important time. This book came out in 2008. Yeah. So I wrote a little bit of a synopsis of kind of what was going on in the world because it is a very political book, as we know. Yeah. Very important economically and sociopolitically. There's just so much going on, and I can't wait for this season. It's going to be so good. So let's dive into it. Let's talk. Let's, let's dive talk, in. Mac. What, 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 did, what did you research? So like I said, this came out in 2008. So this was kind of probably on the heels of a very confusing few years. 9-11 had just happened and everyone really wanted the government to apply stricter rules because we were afraid yeah. of international terrorism. Definitely. And that in the end really hurt us because the government privatized a ton of public sectors like mm-hmm. healthcare, the military industrial complex was on the rise where we were just pouring money into the military, just making it this huge machine we're afraid of. And hey, still do it today. We still do it today. <laughs> and a lot of that is reflected in this. Yeah. There was the boom of capitalism on top of everything being put into the hands of big conglomerates and a huge gap was created between mm-hmm. lower and richer citizens. And then when the 2008 housing market happened, we kind of had a free market and we figured out that the federal government can't really protect us from everything. And that was the year that the Hunger Games came out, where the citizens are in another extremely vulnerable situation. We see the consequences of um, their government having way too much power taking place. And that's why I'm so excited now that we're reading it. Because, I mean, the 2008 housing growth, that was really bad. A lot of people in power kept a lot of riches um in private working for private financial entities but we're reading this in the wake of a pandemic and also on the heels of everything that's been the catalyst the fallout since 2016 yeah you know and i mean we had the insurrection of january 6th was a huge reflection of people being upset with their government regardless of what side we're on Mm -hmm. Are they going to start the Hunger Games because of that insurrection? You know, what's <laughs> wild is I don't really know. I was listening to a podcast, too, that was kind of predicting the next few years of what America might look like. And it was predicting by 2030, we might have a right-wing fascist regime. Yeah. So I'm very excited to get into this and kind of see how it maps over everything happening right now. Because, you know, there's also... The workers' rights revolution is kind of taking place where everyone's quitting their jobs. And I really do think that in the next few years, we will see a revolution. Yeah. No, and it's like, I think much like we experienced with Uglies, where we realized how relevant that book was now in Mm -hmm. the social media age. And that book came out way before, like, social media was what it is now. Yeah. And I feel like when we really dive into this book, we're going to find that it's even more relevant now than it was when she wrote this book. Yes. As a work of fiction. And according to a New York Times feature that she did, the inspiration for The Hunger Games actually came from when one day she was channel surfing on television. And on one channel, she observed people competing on a reality show. And then on another, she saw footage of the invasion of Iraq. And she said that the two began to blur in this very unsettling way. And that's where the book came from. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Isn't that wild? Good for Suzanne. I know. Ah, love that. That's like... Uh, what a clever brain. Like, this book is so well-written. Yes. <laughs> like, this and Uglies, I think, are, like, our two best-written books series we've tackled so far in our seasons. And just, like, reading this, I feel like I got to page maybe nine, and I was just like, this is just so well done. Like, yes. I, it's captivating. It's engaging. Like, I read the entire book in, like, a day, essentially, because I was just so captivated by it. I stayed up till 2 a.m., like, three nights in a row. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, and it was like, I still felt the exact same way I felt when I first read it, is I just could not put it down, because, like, even though I know what happens, I've read the series before, we both have. Yes. I just still, like, couldn't wait to find out what happened next. Can't wait. The pacing is great. It's there amazing. is no fluff, which is why I have nine pages of notes we hopefully won't all get to. <laughs> I have 
two pages of notes like I normally do. We have figured um, out Maggie cannot take notes. We're gonna, maybe this year could be a goal for Meg to learn how to take notes. I know, because <laughs> I woke up at 9.30 a.m. today and stopped taking notes at 12.30. Yeah. And I was taking notes pretty, pretty sporadically, but... That's three hours of notes. Yeah, I think I did mine in maybe 45 minutes, so... I know. Yeah. It's We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Um, but with that being said. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Um, so even before we get to plot, I think let's do world building. Yes. This okay. is something we, I don't think we've done with Uglies, but I think it will help us a lot as we kind of paint the scene and then go into our plot details. Mm-hmm. So our main character, obviously, is Katniss Everdeen. Mm-hmm. She lives in District 12, which is the coal district. There's obviously 11 other districts, and then there is a 13th district that was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then this, they're in the country of Pan Am. Yes. And they um, are not allowed to go from district to district, like you are set in your district forever. Mm-hmm. And they all send their special goods from each district to the capital, which is the wealthy, bougie-ass district that just is in a world of their own. They are the upper class. They're the 2%. They... Do not give a shit. And everyone in these districts has to compete in the Hunger Games, obviously, every single year. Which, like, when you think about it, every single year, yeah. that's, like, a lot every of effort. Single year. They had um, these things called the Treachery Treason. Yeah. Um, which, in, in forming the districts, so for it, they've been writing the Hunger Games for, this is the 74th year. 74th. Next year's a quarter quell. Yep. Very excited for that. Not we're not excited. We hate this. This is a tragedy. We yeah. don't like the hungry, but it is very fun. We to love read. the book, but we hate that we hate the reality of it. And how the world of Panem? So Panem is what was North America. Yeah. So picture North America, and the capital kind of sits in the Rockies. Yeah. So you have to go through a tunnel to get there. It's very hard to get there, obviously, yeah. because they don't want to be impervious to attack. Which smart. And. Begs the question, why is our capital on water? Like, we're so close to the ocean. Yeah. That is It's on the coast. Yeah. Why wouldn't they put it in the middle? Why wouldn't they? Landlock it. Globally. Landlock that shit. Hire Maggie and Laura for your uh, location strategy. (laughs) And it is pretty interesting. Obviously, you can Google yourself, like, a map of what things look like. But how it is split up is not what I was expecting. Well, and we also do have to realize this exists in a future world that um, obviously it's so different from what we have today yeah. and have had the past hundred of years. And we obviously don't know what like time period this takes place in, but we know it's future enough that in that world, probably all these districts make absolute sense, you know? Yeah, that is true. I do. So District 12 is in the Appalachians. I pictured it, and so does this map, as Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think that is a huge mining, to this day, is still a big mining community. Yeah. So I kind of picture them in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And the 13 districts, which I'm sure we'll go over many times, there is a District 13. Something took place that eradicated them that I have a note on that we'll get to. Yeah. But District 1 is luxury. District 2 is masonry and defense. District 3 is technology. District 4 is fishing. District 5 is electrical power. District 6 is transportation. 7 is lumber. 8 is textiles. Nine is grain, ten is livestock, eleven is agriculture, and twelve is coal. Yeah. Thirteen was nuclear weaponry. No wonder they don't exist anymore. Yeah. So we talked about this via text off the mic. Meg, what district do you think you would be in? You know, first looking at it, you got to look at it strategically because you also got the Hunger Games every year. Yeah. I wanted to be in textiles because I like clothes. Yeah. But I think I would pick lumber. Really, I would pick fish probably. That would be smart. Yeah, you'd have very good hand-eye exactly, coordination. Exactly, the spears. I remember that's why Finnick is so good, um, and that's I think that's the district that calls to me the most because mm-hmm. I like water too. You know. Yeah, definitely the districts that call to me are um, lower <laughs> on the totem pole, unfortunately. Yeah, but so that is why I was I like, mean, yeah. I would need to pick lumber. Yeah, definitely. I um, just also don't get why. Like, why did Suzanne Collins kind of think she could get away with each district only focusing on one thing? Well, and, like, that's also the thing where it's, like, it's not, like, oh, 
these districts only do that. Because it's like, we know even in Katniss's district, it's like, even though it's coal, they have businesses and other things they do there. Yeah, that's true. It's just, I think each district has the purpose of, oh, this is what they provide the... to the capital. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I was going to be like, one whole district is lumber? Are there <laughs> like, no trees? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But it's like, then you like really break it down and you're like, wait a minute. No. Like, literally there's a, you know, a baker and, you know, we have... Uh, the hob and we have all these other shops that have clothes because we know that Katniss obviously wanted to buy a dress for Prince. So it's like all of those things exist. Yeah. But they can't focus on coal mining probably in, you know, the textile district. That is true. Yeah. But they probably do have some coal there, you know. Well, <laughs> I our, hope so at least. Our pl- our story takes place, as Laura said, in District 12, yes. which is kind of northeast. Um, and... Katniss lives in the seam, which is where lower class citizens in District yes. 12 live. Yes, exactly. And we really learned that every single person in these districts is, like, not living well. Like, even the yes. rich people in these districts are by no means, like, well-to-do. No, most of them are working class. There is just a kind of a distinction with working class that you don't want to be a coal miner, and her dad was a coal miner. Yeah, like, there's, like, yeah, you don't want to be, like, the lower working class, but there's, everyone's working class. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, our story begins, it's the morning of the reaping, which is when they're going to pull two names for the Hunger Games. I wrote this down on page nine, because, obviously, she wakes up next to her prim and her mom, and her, her first, like, line describing her mom is, my mother was once beautiful, and I was like, okay, Katniss, drag her. Katniss is, that's the other she very... She has mommy issues. That's the other very issues. exciting yeah. thing about this book is the narrative that they chose to tell through Katniss's voice is so fucking funny and so detached. Yeah. She's not emotional whatsoever. No, I wrote down later and we'll get to it, like she really has no sense of self because she's never been allowed to explore what she is and who she is. Because her, so her dad died in a coal mining incident when she was 11, and she essentially had to take care of the family because her mom entered a catatonic, depressed state. Yeah, which, like, fair. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'd probably be depressed, too, if the person who provided for my family died, leaving me with two children, and we have no money. Yes, so... (laughs) Um, her mom is an apothecary who, with Prim, is sort of like the discount doctor of the town. If the doctor can't get to you, they're going to try to fix you up with, like, herbs and shit. Yeah. Did you say herbs? herbs? (laughs) Yeah, just herbs. You don't pronounce the H, but we got it. Well, I wouldn't be there, then. It's it's like a French word. I think it's French, but it's... Not an American word. The French always make things confusing for no reason. Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) Baguette? Why are there two T's? Why is it called called a baguette? You're bringing up a really good point. <laughs> if we have any French listeners, F- fuck the podcast. Let's dive into words and how they sound. Um, but oh, yeah, man. so we know it's the day of the reaping. It's at two. Katniss is going to go into the woods to hang out with Gale and get some hunting done, eat some good food before this reaping. Yes. And so they're out there. They're kind of past the point of where they should be. There's yeah. a chain link fence that's filled with electricity that. Yeah kind of surrounds the the town but Katniss has found a few holes in the fence to let her get there yeah and so she goes hunting using a bow and arrow that her dad fashioned it right yeah he built bow and arrows and she hides them in the woods to go hunting because it's she's doing it illegally yeah and her and Gail have been besties for a really long time Mm -hmm. and it's never like explicitly stated that they that oh they like each other they have a crush on each other But it's very much alluded that that thought could cross her mind at some point. Yes, it's it's weird because at some point she addresses the fact that a lot of girls find him admirable and she would be upset if he got into a relationship, but not for the reasons you would think. Yeah, but it's like, girl, we know. Exactly, but because then I would lose a hunting partner. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and I honestly do think in Katniss's head, she's like, I can't go down that road because he is my hunting partner. Oh, probably. Yeah. Like, I would be like, I can't fuck that up. Like, we can't ruin what we have. We have to provide for our, all our families. Because Gail has, like, four brothers and sisters. Yes. He's the oldest. He is zaddy for his siblings. Yes. Luckily for him, sexy. this is the last year that he would be eligible for the Hunger Games because at 18... You're done. You're done. You're done, Z's. You're done. But, but it's 12 to 17, fair game. Fair game. Fair game. 
Um, and it's also, we uh, have to say this, it's Prim's first year being eligible for the the poll. Yes. Um, and we're like, no, nah, she's not going to get it. Yeah, Prim's 12. She only has her name in once. Yeah. Katniss is 16. She's got her name in a few times. Yeah, because it also, it's not like, oh, every year you just get one. It's like the more you age, the more passes you get put in there, which I I completely forgot that detail. And there's also something called a tesseract that you can go and in exchange for a yearly supply of grain and oil, they put your name in the Hunger Games and you can redeem this a fuck ton of times. Yeah, so it's like you can get it for a year for you and other people, but your name will just keep going in that bowl. So I think Gail had it, what, like 40, 42. 42? That's like a lot. So Gail, when they are in the woods, is like, what if we just ran what away? What if we just ran away? Because his name's in there 42 times. Yeah. I, would t- I would too. Honestly, like, that's a good idea because he, he makes a great point. He's like, we could survive out here. And she's like, She's like, damn, we could, but, like, we can't. <laughs> My favorite thing about Katniss in moments like this, and it happens later on, too, is he brings this up, and her brain is 40 steps ahead of him, where she's like, well, we couldn't run away because I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. And I'm like, why are you even thinking about that? Yeah, uh-oh, girl, you're just, you're, we're seeing right through you. Why are you thinking about that? Oh, my God, why would you him? think about that with him? Isn't that crazy? Um, but they, you know, they get a good haul on this hunting time. They go and sell it. We, you know, see the hob. We see Pussy Say. They go to the mayor to give him something and they run into Madge. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of learn about this whole past thing because Madge is like, I'm so worried about the reaping. And Gail's like, shut up, bitch. You only have your name in there like three times. And we also do get, I mean, Katniss is annoyed, but Katniss is truly just rooted in realness where she's like gail don't be mad at her she can't help this either yeah everyone is powerless yeah in this situation like they said the capital it's to the capital's advantage to keep everyone divided amongst each other and that's what the hunger games are for and i mean we see that still i mean nowadays obviously i feel like the most obvious was going back to the 2016 election it was so easy to pivot the working class against other people because by voting one way yeah you were peddled um the idea that you would like retain rights exactly. and you know that's also how they've kept like wor- working class white america against black people for so long goes back to bacon's rebellion mm-hmm. as long as you give people a reason to feel special then they're gonna remain placated yeah forever definitely it's it's crazy it's i crazy. that's why these books are so good yeah they're so good um, so let's dive in. Reap, it's time for the reaping. Everyone has, has to dress up nice for it, which is just another fucked up detail that the capital uses to just assert their power over everyone. So yes. you have to wear your nicest clothes to be maybe picked like livestock to die. Um, yeah. And we are introduced to Effie Trinket, who is a representative from the capital. Um, who goes and will draw the names. And she is just the most outlandish person ever she's wearing a wig she's dressed so nicely she's glittery she's she's so cheery about this you know horrible horrible thing that they all do because you know that's the world she is from and lives in and you know the rules are the rules are simple the rules of the hunger games yeah we know the rules of the hunger we don't need to dive into the rules we get it (laughs) we get we get the rules you get Um, it we get it um so female name gets drawn first Mm -hmm. and it's prim Uh uh-oh uh-oh fuck Fuck. And Katniss doesn't even miss a beat. She immediately volunteers because she's like, absolutely not. And uh, the reality of the situation it just, I feel like, is sl- like still setting in with Katniss even when she actually goes to the Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part here, this is a great detail. Effie's like, oh my god, so like, wonderful. We have like a volunteer. Everyone applause and everyone's just dead silent. I also, you can tell how out of touch Effie is here because when she goes up to save Prim's life, she's like, oh, that must have been your sister. Couldn't let her have all the glory. Now, could yeah, because it's just like, it's a, it's a scene as a, a very great thing to win the Hunger Games. Um, and mm-hmm. then we're also introduced to Hamish, who 
drunkenly stumbles onto the stage and I honestly do not remember him being like this messy Messy. in these books but yeah he's messy he just like is always passed the fuck out yeah he tries to he tries to hug Effie or is he he's he he, like tries to hug Effie and then he just like stumbles and pulls down her wig and he's hyping up Katniss after she comes up he's like wow finally some spunk and then he falls off stage yeah when he's addressing the cameras yeah oops and then it's time for the the boy to get drawn and Peter Malark who's a stocky blonde bread baker's son he gets pulled so it's introduced to Peta. and Peta, unlike the ever so loving Katniss uh none of his brothers volunteered to take his place oh and he's like the youngest and so. they say they say in it and a line that broke my heart was family only goes so far yeah which is like true um, and we also learn that Katniss knows Peta, not personally. We get a little flashback. We get a little flashback that at one point, um, Katniss, whose dad had just died, she was starving. She went back behind the bakery to try to steal some scraps. And Peta decided to burn some loaves of bread. So his mother would say, throw them out to the, like our like livestock. And he basically threw them in Katniss's direction, doing her a favor, and he absolutely did get a beating for it. Yeah, mommy hit Peta, making us realize Peta has mommy, mommy issues. issues. Absolutely, Gail might have daddy issues because Gail's father also was in the mining collapse. Yeah, that Katniss's father was. Yeah, in. and I think it's a good detail. They shake hands, and he squeezes her hand a little extra when they shake hands, and I think that's an important just detail for us to know going into what we're about to do because we're about to do some fucking change-ups in this life like I don't even know what to call it because we're going on a whole fucking journey before we start these games like we're we're switching up everything Katniss and Peta know and as we know if you want a palette cleanser of what Peta looks like so you can make up your own decisions and not what the fucking America has peddled to us with Josh Hutcherson Peta is medium build stocky blue eyes wavy blonde hair uh, I think two nights ago I was like, what if they gave Zac Efron blonde hair? And now that's who I'm trying to imagine Peta is. I think Josh Hutcherson, he has the body type I imagine Peta to have because it's like a stockier build of someone who like lifts and does a lot of work with their like hands and shoulders. I hate that. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, again, change the face, sure. Like, I just wanted them to have sexual chemistry so bad. But like, they don't in the book, Maggie. Oh. Like, that's the point. It's annoying. Um, you're, I, you're, you're trying to spin it into something it isn't. Um, but let's move uh, through this because a lot of things happen. Um, so the goodbyes start. We have Katniss who tells her mom and Prim, just like, don't take Tesserae. Here's how you survive without me. Use your goat. Use your milk. Then Gail will help with the food. Gail will help with the food. And Peta's dad comes to talk to her, which is an interesting thing. He just says, hey, here's some cookies. I'm going to watch over your sister and make sure she's fed. Then Madge comes by and she gives her a pin. She gives her the Mockingjay. The Mockingjay pin. Which in the movie, it's it's kind of shown that it's found in the hub, but the Mockingjays are just a huge slap in the face because yeah. they were fashioned after Jabberjays, which were released by the Capitol. We see them in book two. And it's a bird designed to hear what yeah. is going on throughout Pan Am, but once citizens found that out, they were feeding them lies. Yeah. And then the Mockingbirds went and fucked the Jabberjays. Yeah. Then they got little babies. Yeah, they got little babies. And now it's like a a symbol of peace or something. Uh, But people usually see it as a token of luck. But then Gail comes by last and he says goodbye to Katniss. Uh, He tells her some advice. He says, hey, what you need to do is make a bow. And then he's about to tell her one final thing. And he says, like, just remember. And then she's automatically taken away. Like, her time is up with goodbyes. She's slapped on a train going to the Capitol. They got to get to that Justice Building. They got to head to the Capitol ASAP. Yeah. I loved, oh, my God, this was one of my favorites. And this is what I was reading to my girlfriend, like, you are so Katniss. Because Peta is crying on his way to the Capitol, or to the Justice Building to go to the Capitol. And she's like, hmm, is this a, a technique? Yeah, Katniss is always watching PETA because, like, Katniss thinks every single thing is a strategy, which is, like, fair. I would think that, too. He is just a nice, gentle being crying because he's about to die, and she's, like... And Katniss, like, refuses to cry. She's, like, I cannot show them I am weak. I need to pull myself together. She's, you know, really trying to stay level-headed in this very, like, catastrophic situation. And PETA's just emotions. Yeah. Which, like, I I would would be, be too. too. Like, are you kidding me? Like... 
I have to go fight to the death. You had an hour to see everyone you love and then leave. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be locked in the oh, somewhere outside in some weird arena and expected to fight to the death with people I don't fucking know. Also, it's even worse because on the train, they're seeing their competition, which I don't know if I would want to know. Yeah, they well, have to sit down. They have to sit down and watch, like, the reapings. Like, it is literally legally required everybody has to watch every single Hunger Game program. And, I mean, not luckily, but a lot of them are underfed, which is good, but (laughs) for their competition. Luckily. Let's be realistic. Um, But there's a monstrous boy from District 2. Um, There's our little baby from District 11, Rue. But later on, Katniss brings up that all of the guys and half of the girls are bigger than her. Yeah. Which is fucking scary. Scary. And then we also learn that there's these things called career tributes. And those are people that are, like, from birth, they are trying to win the Hunger Games. Like, they train to win the Hunger Games like an Olympian. And it's messed up. So, you know, Effie might have said, may the odds be in your favor. But it seems kind of like the odds aren't in their favor. No, no, not at all. But the good thing about this train ride is they can eat lots of good food. Yeah. The bad thing about this train ride is Hamish is rip-roaring drunk, and he's supposed to be their mentor. Yeah, they realize they're going to have to keep him sober if they want sponsors and things in the games. And, like, Hamish does, like, vomit on himself, and Katniss and Peeta, like, take him to his room, and Peeta's like, I can clean him up. You go to bed. And she's like, is it a strategy? though is it a strategy i do she's always on i edge. mean i would be paranoid too like yeah. let's say every single thing somebody was doing that i wasn't i would doubt my own thing i'd be like should i be helping this person should i be waving at the crowd should i be smiling more oh for sure in this situation yes i just got easily annoyed of it yeah. but the next day they ask Hamish advice and he just says stay alive and they are not fucking having this yeah answer. like they fucking retaliate Peta hits the glass out of his hand and Hamish punches him Oops. And then, like, Katniss, like, stabs her knife in between, um, like... His hands. His hands, like, his fingers, you know, the knife game. Yeah. And then he's, like, um, changes. He's, like, clouds parted. I see y'all. Okay, we have some fighters this year. We got I'll stay sober. I'll stay sober enough. That's I'll say like so we're enough. enough. Yeah. And that's really all we can ask. That's all we can ask. Like, we we need a spot, like, someone to help us. He's done it before. He's obviously troubled from winning his own Hunger Games. When the light switch switches, too, you can tell how fucking smart he is. Because Peta's, like, stressed about his bruise, and he's like, keep it. It'll yeah. show that you maybe got in a tussle beforehand. Because you know Hamish's trouble comes from he's watched hundreds of kids die. Not hundreds. Well, like, probably like 20. 20 or 40 kids die. Yeah. Cause, like, cause what he won the 50th hunger games and now we're on the 74th. 40. So yeah. So to do 24 years of this. And so that's 48 kids you've watched die. And you're also in a district that is expected to lose. Yeah. And you and have to do just, that every year. Yeah, to lose hope and just to, like, also live with the trauma of he probably had to kill some people to get to where he is. Like, at what cost? He has no wife, no kids, same kind of yeah. technique. He's very similar to Katniss. Yeah. And it is emphasized a lot throughout yeah. this Yeah, and, like, that's why they butt heads so much is because they're so similar. Yes. And, yeah, so Heyman just flip his chain. She says, keep keep the bruise. And then Peter's like, that's illegal for us to fight. And he's like, only illegal if you get caught. And that's, like, we know Heymitch's brain is insanely smart. And, mm-hmm. like you were just saying. Um, and then he's like, okay, we're about to go to the stylist. Do exactly what they say. Do not resist. Like, Katniss is like, I don't want to do that. But he's, he's like, do like, it. No. Do it. And she's like, okay, fine. And now we're in the remake center for a few hours. The and- remake? Yeah. Remake. <laughs> we made you wondering how, how I got, got here. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> we're so stupid. We're, we're so dumb. I love it. Oh, um, and we're introduced to the most vapid people alive: Venia, Octavia, and Flavius. Oh my God, they're waxing her down, um, and they are like, "It must have been so hard for you to overcome the brutish." conditions yeah. of District 12. Like, oh, your nail beds are horrible. You poor thing. I kind of, I just learned about Korean bathhouses. So when she was getting washed down, um, I imagine just like layers of gray skin follicles just like shedding off. Oh, I bet. Because it's like she probably bathes like maybe once, twice a week, if that. Like, damn. She sounds like an uncooked sausage in this section. <laughs> Damn. It's the way she, I don't know, the way she I mean, that's described. fair. It's like she literally like describes like basically like getting rid of layers of skin. Also, owie, you have to get everything waxed and scrubbed off. Right? I don't, and she probably has never shaved. Think about that. I know. Ugh, damn. But then we're also introduced to Cinna, who is going to be her stylist. And oh, I loved Cinna when I first read this book. And I love Cinna now. He is just so 
Another great casting. Another just Lenny a, Kravitz? Yeah. Hell yeah. Great casting. Just a great character because Cinna is smart in the way Hamish is smart. Yes. He says it's his first year doing this and she's like, oh, so you got stuck with District 12. And, and he's no, like, I asked. I asked for it. And like, we know from our interactions with Cinna is like, he always has a plan. Yes. Everything he does with Katniss's styling mm. is, a, is a pragmatic choice that he has made. And she's really stressed out because in the past, they have they don't give a fuck about District 12. Yeah. There's been tributes who have been naked and covered in black soot. Really yeah. anything to play up the cold angle. But Sin is like, I'm not doing this here. He goes, I'm matching you. I'm matching you guys. You guys are going to dress complimentary. And they're like, that's not normal because like this is an individual game. Mm-hmm. And he goes, nope, you guys are going to dress complimentary to each other. And he has this like cool fake flames like costume for both of them to wear when they go on their chariot. Yes, they're wearing matching black unitards, and she has kind of this cape, and it yeah. starts, it, it catches on fire with synthetic fire. Yeah, which is cool, and Peta obviously dressed the same, and as they're boarding this chariot, the last thing he says is, hold hands, which is, again, like, not a thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Because, like, again, this is an individual game. You're not supposed to be friends with people. You're not here to make friends. And we've <laughs> seen Katniss, our little bottled-up bitch, she even said once, a lynx was following her in the woods, and she was like, this is sweet, but you're ruining my game. I have to kill you. Yeah. She is coming out of her shell. She's waving at people. Yeah. She's like, catching roses. Exactly, yeah. She is working the crowd, and the other tributes are stink-eyeing her and Peta because they, one, look in amazing compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And also, like, they're just, like, they're working the crowd, and their crowd's eating it up, so of course they're fucking jealous. I'd be jealous, too, if I was in fucking District Eight or whatever, being like, that's what they get to wear. Me and my lumber district. Yeah. I'm dressed as a fucking tree. I'm, I'm I look log. like I'm in the stage production of Into the Woods. Yeah, I see these Into people. The yeah, <laughs> you're holding two little branches as you in your hands, and I'm also a tree. Yeah, in a tree costume. I'd be like, you can hardly walk in it. They're holding hands. I can't even move my yeah. head to the right. They told me I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom. What would your okay? Wait, what was your district, and what would you be dressed um, like? A giant uh, fish? I would be dressed as a mermaid. Oh, nice. I'd be, like, I'd be, like, sexy and cool. And I'm sure, like, there would be a way in this future world where the tail would still allow me to, like, walk. Would you wear it like a train? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, like, I was getting married. Yeah. Um, oh, fine. But, and then Katniss does kiss Peta on the cheek. Oh, yeah. She thinks he's playing a game again. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm going to one-up you. He's like, you should wear flames. It suits you. And she's like, what, a compliment? Ugh, disgusting. He wants me dead. <laughs> and then kisses him uh, on her Honestly, breast. again, and I don't blame her for thinking that he's playing a game. I would too. She, They both agree at the beginning of, uh, before they get into the city circle on their little chariots, that he, they'll extinguish each other. He's like, please, I am very nervous. And then he's like gripping her hand. I was like, please don't let go. I think I'm going to fall over. And she's taking all these moments in, in a very different way I would. I'd be like, this is a vulnerable. He's scared. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, he, why, what is he doing? Yeah, just soft boy must destroy. <laughs> um, And then we're introduced to training center. So once they have their like introductory chariot time, then they have to spend a few days in the training center. Mm-hmm. And it's just this huge building and on um, the basement level is where the training is. And then on each of the floors is where the districts will reside for the coming days. And everyone has, like, a fancy-ass hotel room. This is so far the only perk, in my opinion, of District 12 is you get roof access. Yeah. You're the penthouse Hell suite, yeah. baby. yeah. Let's go. Better be District 12. Oh, I don't know if we went over this, but in the Treaty Treason 2, as we know, District 13 was the one who rebelled in the Dark Days. Um, They are not a part of the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. We said, that we said they just... Dis- they're they're not a thing anymore. They were just destroyed. Yes, but they, but they're not a part of the truth. So it's like, are they? The whole thing is, is they will they won't they mm-hmm. of District Thirteen? You're like, what does that mean? Are they gonna yeah. kiss something? I don't know. I don't know. Are they as far as we know, I don't know. District Thirteen has been destroyed and nothing is left there. So they sit down to have dinner. Mm, yum yum yum. Effie's been like, I've been talking you guys up to sponsors. Ah, when you ch- when you crush coal, they turn to pearls, and they're like, what the fuck are you saying? Which also I learned in this book. Apparently, uh, coal is not made into diamonds. Apparently, that's graphite. Yeah. They said, yeah, we learned something new. 
And at dinner, Katniss has kind of notices the person waiting on them. And she goes, oh my god, I know you. And the person's like shaking their head. Absolutely not. You don't know me. And this is a really important thing that I remember reading the books. Yeah. But the, I, the movies were already so long, you couldn't include everything. No. But there's this thing called AVOXs. And it's when someone's tongue is cut out for a crime. Yeah. Are AVOXs just people who fled the Capitol? Because it seems like that was this girl's crime. That was that girl's crime. I think an AVOX could be anybody who um, was accused of treason or rebelling. Mm. So I think in this instance, this AVOX obviously tried to run away. I feel like if somebody tried to, you know, like trade secrets or anything like that, that person could become an AVOX as well. PETA comes to her defense by being like, oh, it looks like someone from school. And again, PETA has a great social game. Yes. Like, he covers for Katniss and Nene because everyone's like, you shouldn't know who this AVOX is. Like, ha ha ha, Katniss, what? And so they go up to the roof and he gets the story out of her. But this is when I truly realize that everyone has it poorly because PETA's also like, I would like to escape this place too. The same way the AVOX escaped the Capitol. Like, they're stuck in the capital. Even yeah. the rich are confined. And, like, you also, like, you can't even jump off the roof as a tribute because there's, like, locking in technology that if you jump, it'll just pull you right back in. Yes. Like, so it's, like, they're in charge of you. And we, she tells Peter the story of how she knows this AVOX. And we find out that one day in the woods, her and Gail were hunting, and they saw these two people, obviously this redhead and another guy, they were running, and then, a, like, a hovercraft came out of nowhere, and the girl tried to ask Katniss and Gail for help, and they didn't know what to do. They just, like, kind of hid out of the way, and we know that the girl was taken up into the hovercraft, and then the guy was first shot at, killed, and then taken up into the hovercraft. And in this scene, on top of, I guess, like, all of the class differences that we learn about and the fact that everyone is trapped... We get introduced to a dynamic that is going to happen the whole fucking book where she is having a present moment with PETA thinking about Gail. Yep. And here we learn how her and Gail became buddies. She was struggling in the woods, hunting for six months, and tried to steal a rabbit that was kind of caught in a snare, but it was his snare. And he was like, you know what? I'll help you hunt essentially yeah. and that's how they became that's how they're besties but besties but maybe something more more because whenever she's with part one, of your world whenever she's with one she wants the other but i also i mean she's 16 that's she's a 16. 16 year old thing. honestly and she's like never had to think about a relationship all she cares about is her family which is like fair she yeah. has no sense of self because she's never been allowed to have that we also learn we learn a lot while they're on the roof yeah that pita Peter's dad knows her mom. And the minute that he said that, I knew it was something romantic. Yeah, and we'll get to that in our next episode because obviously this is part one of The Hunger Games. Um, But we also know that training is starting. It is going to be for three days with all of the tributes in one place so you're going to get to scope out your competition. They're getting ready for it and they're wearing matching outfits. Wearing matching outfits. And at the very end, you're going to like perform for the game makers and we'll give you a score. Mm -hmm. And they agree to be coached together because part of Hamish's strategy is you guys always have to be with each other. He asked in the beginning, he's like, do you want to be coached alone? And PETA... Um, PETA's so realistic. I am a, such a PETA. PETA's like, no, I know all her skills and I have none. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, and it's like this, after this, like, training starts, we finally get a moment of conflict between Katniss and PETA where they're angrily projecting their, like, almost nervousness and anxieties about yeah. what they can and can't do on each other because, you know, PETA's like, well, what, what do I do? All I know how to do is bake bread. And Katniss is like, well, I see you lift all that stuff in the square, so you should tell Hamish about that, And he's you? like, oh, oh, me lifting flour is not anything yeah, to be afraid of. Yeah, you're the one of. who hunts illegally. And she's, and she's like, like, well, you got second in wrestling. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, they're trying to, like, almost, like, push the other one as, like, no, you're going to do better in training. And, like, you should tell Hamish this. Like, you're not allowed to have a strategy without me knowing. And she's kind of shocked about all the notes that she's kept on him and her Yeah, head, but then we cute. also, Peter drops a bomb that ends this discussion and says, oh. my mom says that you're going to win. My that mom was, thinks you're going to beat me. That was truly so God, so his mom sucks. Devastating. I'll say it. It was, and I can't find the quote now, but it was about how his mom was like, you know what my mom said to me? That District 12 will finally have a victor. And then I realized she wasn't talking about me. She was talking about you. Yeah. And Katniss is like, oh, come on. That's not true. And he said, she said she. That one is 
that one is strong. Yeah. She's a fighter. Yeah. And that broke my fucking heart. God. Your brothers aren't volunteering for you. Yeah. Your mom like beats literally you imagine and also that. imagine basically getting shipped off to death and your family going like, "Well, one less mouth to feed." Like basically, like it's just so sad. Your dad went and visited the competition, not that it really matters. Yeah. And gave her cookies and you admit because it's because your dad always wanted daughters. Yeah. This guy is so unloved and not, and he yeah. gives so much love. Like, he's so fucking caring. Exactly. That. And Peter gives so much because he hasn't received any. He's a, he's a soft, vulnerable boy, and we have to respect that. But he's strong. But he's strong. And going in, Hamish is like, y'all are strong in these things. Do not show that. Don't, he's like, do not show your strengths. Use this time to learn new skills. Again, a great strategy from Hamish. Saying like, hey, keep your cards close. Learn some new shit. Like, don't try to show off. They and start with tying ropes. Yep. They also go to knots. camouflage. Like, they do a bunch of cool shit. Um, we learned that the one, two, and four tributes are the career tributes this year. Yeah, they're fucking huge. They're fucking huge. And I do love at the camouflage, and I wish, on at some point, I'm just like, let's just read the whole book to them. Because Peta has the best sense of humor. Yeah. He is so fun when she is like, well, this is a good trait of yours. And he's like, yeah, hopefully there's a giant cake in the arena that yeah. I can frost. Yeah, exactly. Peta is, oh, we gotta love Peta. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's a fun, nice guy. He's got a great social game. They do learn some really valuable things in there, though. They yeah. have the knife throwing, making shelters, yeah. throwing fires. Yeah, very smart. Um, but then they also, as part of their strategies, they have to, you know, again, be together in public. So when they have their lunch breaks... And most people are eating alone. Pete and Katniss are together. And they're just trying to have a very friendly and energetic conversation and look like they're having a great time. Like a very yeah. happy and nice time. And Pete, again, being very, very, like, smart is always like, great, I'm going to uh, tell a story and just keep smiling and laugh at a few points. It's kind of it. fun. It's like when you go to a bar and yeah. your ex is there and you're, like, with your friend and, like, we are tag teaming. Yeah. I just said the funniest thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Laugh like, so loud. Yeah. Like, when you do that, like, kind of strategy with your friend... And I think this also puts Katniss at ease because she's the one thinking about, like, well, it's too sad to talk about home, too sad to talk about family. And so they're just, like, engaging just small stories that have no weight to them to pass the time because everything else is just too tragic to think about for them. And also, Katniss is about to get hit with a real big emotional bomb because while this is all happening, there is someone who is following them around the training center who reminds Katniss a lot of Prim. Yeah, Rue. And we are introduced to Rue. Yes, and she's, you know, literally Prim's exact age and size, so, like, Katniss really takes a liking to her. And she follows them around the training center, and Katniss is like, absolutely, I love her. Peta points this out, and Katniss is like, what am I going to do about this? And he's just like, whoa, okay, I just thought I'd point that out yeah. uh, instead of listing all the bread from different districts yeah. again. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm make sorry, conversation. I'm to help. Uh, but then the day comes that it's it's game maker time, where you have to perform for the game makers, and they will give you a score. And it's a really good thing, because you want to get a good score, because when you do that, more people will put money on you, and that's how you can get sponsors when you're in their arena. It goes and, through everyone. District uh, 12 is left, and it's her turn. Yeah. And she's trying to shoot her bow. And they just don't give a shit because they're like, I'm bored, I'm drunk. And what she does is she shoots an arrow at the game makers, and it pierces the apple in their roast pig's mouth that they're about to have for lunch. Yes. One of them falls back into a big bowl of punch. This catches their attention, and Katniss just says, thank you for your consideration. She's not even fucking dismissed. She isn't dismissed. She just storms out, and afterwards, she's, like, immediately regretful of it. Oh, she's spiraling. She's like, my family's gonna get killed. She's like, what have I done? And Hamish is like, girl, calm down. Since no one knows that this happened, like, they can't prove anything. Like... They don't give a shit about your family. Yeah. Also, they're not going to televise this because you were rebelling against them. Yeah. And if they said what you did, then people yeah. might be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I should do that. The point is they don't televise these things. That's why they get a score. Scores are getting handed out. Rue got a seven. Very cute. Yeah. Pia got an, an eight. eight. Great. I, I just, you picture him, like, in his session, just, like, hurling things through the air, just going, I'm so fucking like twelve feet. They're all drunk and kind of talking, and there's just this one squat <laughs> man scrunching as he hurls things. <laughs> and then he looks up like a little child, being like, "Did you see that, Mama?" Yeah. He. Oh, you know that he's doing that after every single thing he did in the game makers trials is checking in with them, being like, "Did you like that? Did you come, babe? Did you? Oh, for sure." <laughs> This is, and this, in this moment, in a serious note, is where we see Peta's mommy issues thrive. Because yeah. after every flower thrown, he turns and he goes, Mama, 
Did you like that? <laughs> Mumsy, did you like what I did with the, the, the things that I threw? But he's about to have a real fucking wake-up call because Katniss got an 11, and that's not good for him. Yeah. And we Ooh. also, like, now Katniss is like, oh, dear. Like, I think that's the highest score out of everybody. That so, is, like, yeah. Target on her back, but, like, also good sponsors. And we know some people's strategy is to purposely get a low score so that no one hunts for them in the arena. Yeah, and so, but we can tell this has had a big effect on Peta because he wants to be coached separately Yeah, now. big drop bomb. Um, he said, new phone, who dis? Yeah, he said, fuck this bitch for doing better than me. Unfollowed, blocked. Yeah, and, you know, Katniss is at a point where she starts to, you know, she can't help but miss Gale right now. Um, stale Gale. You know, stale Gale. <laughs> but Katniss really does feel betrayed that, you know, Peta, like, it doesn't want to be coached with her anymore because, like, she was going along with it and she's like, I'm doing everything right. Like, why would he do that we're supposed to be in this together fuck this this is exactly what i thought he was doing he was strategizing this whole time and this is even worse because at dinner the night before katniss agreed with Peta. once the cameras are off they're not in the training center she doesn't really even want to talk to him yeah she's like i don't want to do this pretend shit so the next day they split up and one is with effie kind of being taught on etiquette and haymitch is teaching interview techniques yeah exactly and you know, I feel like, oh, could you imagine being in Katniss's shoes where it's like, oh, by the way, our main strategy where you guys are going to be coached together, he doesn't want to do it anymore, go to training. <laughs> like, to tra- spend like, four hours with Effie alone. Like, it's just like, here's a bomb man, go learn some things. And yeah. it's like three hours, she has to learn to walk in heels. Gross. Effie's getting fed up, which is like, fair, how walking in heels is hard. She heads on over to Hamish, not any better. Hamish says that she is as charming as a dead slug. He's like, we need an angle for you. And you she are goes, not sexy, charming, mysterious. <laughs> and, he goes, and she goes, what's Peta's? And he goes, Peta's is likable. Because he's likable. And it's just like, Damn. And, like, we really learned, like, this is where I really, like, realized how little sense of self-catness has. Like, because, like, all she knows is, like, hunt, shoot, sister. (laughs) Hunt, shoot, sister. Gail sometimes. Yeah, Gail sometimes. Think about like, but no, hunting partner. So she's kind of sad about this. And she's talking to Sinna the next day when he's dressing her for the interview. Yeah. And he's like, just be yourself. And she's like, I could do that. I could try self. She's like, why self? Hamish hates self. And he's like... It doesn't matter. We yeah. like, Sin is like, we like you. And he goes, but also, by the way, try to start talking in sentences rather than just single words. <laughs> what self? What self? self bad, Hamish said. Uh, I just watched George of the Jungle recently, so I feel like that's why I'm introducing oh, all of that into this. Oh, hell yeah. It's a great movie. Still holds up. And luckily, he gives her a little bit of advice. He's like, if you're feeling stressed, look at me. We're having a conversation. Yeah. It's you and, and me. And she uses that uh, strategy. So, you know, we see a little bit of Rue and Thresh is the other guy from District 11. He's six foot four. He's massive. He's built. Um, and they, they do well in the interviews. And now it's time for Katniss's interview. And she's... She, do, she doesn't knock it out of the park, but she does it. Yeah, and she's looking fine up there. The dress has made her look older and more filled out, which is wild because, you know, getting to old age in District 12 is a rite of passage. People yeah. want that. But in the capital, you want to look younger. So that's another interesting... Yeah. Her, her whole thing is she twirls. She twirls and, like, little flames dance around her dress. Yeah, she doesn't really open up about Prim when Caesar Flickman, who... Is Stanley Tucci in the movie another fucking oh, great casting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're gonna have to watch that. I'm sorry. I know. Regret- regretfully, so we are going to sit down and watch all of these movies. Yes, asked her to spin, and he's trying to get why she got an eleven, and she's like, I'm not supposed to tell <laughs> secrets. And then like her t- her three minutes is up, and it's over, and she's like, Great, I did it. Like I- it's done. Like I didn't do like I just did it. That's. Ba- the, bear, the basic thing. And now it's Peta's interview. And Peta's already fucking hitting it and out of the park. Peta's, he's cracking jokes, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's working the crowd, he's working Caesar. Yeah. And then, you know, he's Caesar's like, hey, buddy, you're pretty, pretty good looking. You're Probably, a blonde Zac Efron. You're a blonde Zac Efron. <laughs> body of Josh Hutcherson, face of Zac Efron. I, I just wanted him hotter. Hey. Write a fan fiction. <laughs> It's just 12 pages of my ideal Peta Mollard. <laughs> it's just over and over again. You've written down Peta's played by Zac Efron. Peta's played, played by, by Zac Efron. Peta's so hot. Peta's played by Zac Efron. You know Efron. how um, Jack Nicholson has all work, no play makes Johnny a bad boy or whatever? Yeah. A good boy? Yeah. I don't know. That's me, but it's 
Peta's played Zack Zack Efron. Yeah, that's so funny. But, you know, Peta's working for it. And then, you know, obviously Caesar's like, you probably got a lot of women noticing you back in District 12. Mr. Troy You're Bolton. a little hottie probably getting pee-pee get pooed here left and right. Were you about to say pee-pee pooed? No, I said pooed. Getting get pee-pee and pooed. Getting pooed left and right. <laughs> that's that's um, an ally right there. Pee-pee and poon is the new way of saying pansexual. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first, folks. Um, but then, you know, he's like, yeah, well, there is one girl I really, really like. And he's like, hey, well, when you win it, you can go get her, buddy. You can go balls deep in that bitch. Go get your, to get your dick so wet in that. And he's like, well, that might be a problem because the girl is here with me. And that's when we're like, dun, dun, dun. dun. And we're immediately like, oh, my God, he means Katniss, obviously. But did he obviously. say that for strategy? Does he mean it? We don't know. And we're going to find out, though, on our fucking next episode. We are. Oh, my God. That was a great place to end this episode, Meg. I'm so glad yes, you posted that. Yes, me too. Look yeah, at that. Look at uh, that. That's a great episode. We finally. did a nice, concise for y'all, too. Yeah. 15 minutes. That's not bad at all. You're welcome, everyone. You're a lucky son of a bitch to be listening to this right now. <laughs> you got some zings, some zaps, some info, and some You got pops. a zip, zap, and a zap. And you got the Hunger Games. <laughs> And you got the Hunger Games. <gasps> we did not write a top, top five for this episode, I realized. Honestly... Yeah, we'll we'll try, but we'll these try. are really fucking We're dense. We're so in depth, and you know, it's just like, what do you what do you top five in a, a book like this? Ways to stay alive, I guess. Yeah, maybe that'll be our next one. Interview techniques. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I think I'd want to be sexy because I oh, like being sexualized. You know what? Well, unlike ended, the others, I'm different. <laughs> I do want to ask. I think this will be a good closing question. Okay. Uh, and I just remembered it, and then we'll do our little outro. What would you show the game makers? Oh, that's a great. That's a great. That's a great question. I think to end this. I episode guess that on. also would be like I. I always wanted to do bow and arrow, but if I'm doing lumber, I think my technique is going to be hand to hand combat. Yeah, I think I would unfortunately do up close kills, but I hate the thought of that, and it makes me physically ill. Yeah. So probably knife play. <laughs> <laughs> I say like it's sexual. Are you fucking a knife? <laughs> I don't know. Maggie. Dude, I don't know. I read Megan Fox's and MGK's engagement post about oh. how they drank blood after it, and it kind of got me riled up. That's so. a little strange, Maggie. I'll be honest. I'm into blood play. I'm into knife play. Game makers, pick me, Whoa. choose me, love me. <laughs> you're, you're, pick, you're like, pick me, but for blood. <laughs> you're a pick me girl for blood. I'm so sorry. Okay, okay, fine. What would your show the game okay, makers be? So, in a world, like, knowing what I know now, like, and I, I'm not, like, in a district where it's, like, I'm myself and I haven't had years to, like, learn a new skill uh, I think I would show them, like, running now because I'm really good at running. I'm, I'm very, very fast. I can run for a very long time. I'm very good at cardio. But in a world where, like, I live in, what, District 4, I would probably have um, spear throwing would probably be mine. Oh, God. In real life? We're doing in real life? I have no skills. I ate the yeah. entire cookie cake last night. Is that a skill? You should show the game makers that. <laughs> find out how they like it. I'm like, hello, you saw Peter Malark icing cake, yeah. and now I'm going to eat that cake. <laughs> That's hilarious. Forget the blood play. I'm in wow. a cake play. Maggie, do you have any closing thoughts for this episode no. besides your cookie cake that you ate last night? I'm just so excited <laughs> to get the next, to take the next four hours of my day making notes, because oh I my can't gosh. be concise. I don't know how to teach you how to write notes. <laughs> I've thought about it, and I'm just like, I don't want to like talk down to you, because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. I want to help you, though. We'll figure it out. Oh, uh, and listeners, if you have any ideas on how to get Meggie to write more <laughs> concise notes, Please. feel free to follow us on Instagram at Meggie and Laura. DM us there. You can email us at Meggie and Laura present at gmail.com. Give me a wiki give how. Us, give us a strategy. <laughs> Send Meggie a wiki how article because somebody somebody besides me needs to be battling this battle for us. I don't know how to. We're going to do it. I, you know, we have a whole year ahead of us. We have many more books to read. Uh, next week we'll be diving into part two of this. Uh, also go watch our web series, You and Hell. It's freaking awesome. Yes. Uh, we're a part of the Audio Mint Podcast Network, so check out there if you're looking for another cool podcast. Definitely a good thing to do. Check out Yeah We Read It on Twitter if you want to see some bomb ass tweets. Yeah, I've Mikey, been blowing off. Megan and I tomorrow's uh, big big plan is to strategize Hunger Games tweets for the next few weeks. I have a few. I'll read them too hey, after. Great. Let's. You guys got to see them roll out in real time. You got to scroll through them in real time on Twitter. But that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next week.
You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.